in the time frame of the tribulation period, the seven years of tribulation, and we've looked at a lot of the bad things that are going to happen in the tribulation period. And we're not going to rehash that tonight. But during the first half of the tribulation, just to kind of review, the Jews will return to their land in unbelief. They are already returning to their land in unbelief. And... Um, Much of what is happening around the world today with the increase of anti-Semitism, it is another tool that is being used to drive Israelis or Jewish people back to Israel. And many are going back to Israel. But they are going back in unbelief. During the first half of the tribulation... We touched on it some last week. The temple will be rebuilt. Already they have the stones um, prepared and uh, the vessels to offer sacrifices are already prepared. It's just a matter of um, getting the property to proceed to build that, but that will happen in the first half of the tribulation. We also know that Antichrist will appear. And last week we looked at the covenant that Israel and the Antichrist would come in, which would um, guarantee peace to Israel. And it does guarantee that for a period of time until the middle of the tribulation. But we often overlook something that takes place in the tribulation period. And um, sometimes we're a little faulty in our, in our understanding. Um, you may have heard it said as a motivation for us to be witnessing to other people that or a motivation for missions, that when the gospel has been preached to every tribe, then Jesus Christ will come again. Or when the last person has received Christ, then Jesus Christ will come again. There's a number of things wrong with that thinking. If that is true then Jesus Christ's return is not imminent, meaning that it could happen at any time. That means there, this has to happen before Christ comes again. The gospel has to be preached to every tribe, every creature. Well, that isn't what is going to happen before Christ comes in the rapture. It will happen. but it happens during the tribulation period. And in Revelation chapter 7, it tells us about this. God has never been without a remnant of His people upon the face of the earth, 
and he never will be. He will always have his people here on the earth. And Revelation chapter 7 tells us about his remnant that will be on the earth after we as believers of the church age are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Revelation chapter 7, excuse me, verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed an hundred and forty-four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And verses 5 through 8 list all of the tribes of the children of Israel, the twelve tribes, there are um, 12,000 of each tribe to equal 144,000. Now, these 144,000 are unique individuals. And we'll mention some of those things. These 144,000 have been the discussion of various um, theologians, various religious leaders. Jehovah's Witness believe that the 144,000 will be the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, I don't know what they do with that when they had more than 144,000. Maybe it's the top 144,000. So maybe every week they come out with the, not the top 25 rankings, but the top 144,000 rankings. But here he clearly tells us that it is 12,000 of each tribe. All right? It's not a mystery here. He tells us that. These 144,000 will be protected from God's judgment and from Satan's attack. You notice verse 4. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed, 144,000, sealed, meaning that they will be protected from the judgments of God. See, during the tribulation there are There are two dynamics going on. God is over all of them. But one is the judgments of God that he is bringing. And part of the judgments of God will be the vile hatred and attacks of Satan against anything that is righteous. For that reason, there will be many martyrs for the cause of Christ during the tribulation period. But these 144,000 will be sealed by God. They will be protected from the 
judgments of God and Satan's attack. And they specifically are servants of God. Notice verse 3. The angel said, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the seas nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So, God raises up 144,000. He provides them special protection. And they are here on the earth to serve God. And primarily their mission is that they will be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the nations. Some may have thought, well, people aren't going to be saved during the tribulation. Notice if you'd look in verse 9 of Revelation 7. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, And palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might. Be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And he said, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes And made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them. And shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So, the picture. Around the throne, there are multitudes which no man could number out of every nation and every tribe and every tongue. And they are praising God. And they asked the question, who are these and where did they come from? And he said, these are those who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. And they are the ones that came, verse 14, out of the great tribulation period. During the tribulation period, 144,000 specifically empowered by God, will go out and preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, and multitudes will be saved, and multitudes will die 
because they have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And they will die of hunger, they will die of thirst, they will die of exposure, because they will not take the mark of the beast, they will not be able to buy and sell. And that's why it says in verse 16, they shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. And... God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. These 144,000 will preach the gospel, and multitudes of every nation will be saved. It doesn't minimize the fact that we are to carry the gospel. That's our job now. It doesn't mean that, um, well... What's the big deal that the gospel will be preached in the seven-year tribulation and people will, will hear it and respond to it? It will be much easier to respond to the gospel now in this day than it will be in the tribulation period when you know that you are responding to the gospel and it very probable that you will soon be dead because of response to the gospel. Now listen, there are people today when they respond to the gospel that they, they really take a death notice on themselves. But across the board in the great tribulation, that will be how it is. So God raises up these 144,000. This is the same time that Antichrist is bringing his one world government, that Antichrist has his one world religion, that Antichrist is making war against the saints of God. And yet in the midst of all of that, God continues his work. Let me just list. Three applications from this. God, throughout all of his doings, always combines mercy with judgment. When God brought the flood upon mankind, for 120 years there was the preaching of Noah And God had mercy on anyone who came in the ark. God always brings mercy in combined with judgment. And no one will ever be able to say that I did not have a chance, that there was no mercy available to me. Secondly, we learn from this, God's heart is always about salvation. I mean, here it is. There is outright war against God, and you would think God's response would be, just wipe out those sorry people. But in the midst of that, he raises up 144 evangelists and sends them out, and he is still longing to restore mankind 
to what he was designed for. We're back to God's design that we touched on this morning. Man was designed to fellowship with God. And God wants to restore man to that, even at the the last hour of history, if you please. And thankfully, multitudes do it. And another application we learn from this, heaven is well worth any suffering experienced in this life. We read verses 9 through 17, and they are gathered around the throne, and they are saying blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power be unto God. Forever and ever, and they are filled with praise to God. These are individuals that we can't even imagine what they've gone through and beheaded, burned at the stake, dying of starvation, whatever it is. But to be in the presence of God, the former things are passed away. Romans 8 says, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glories of the future. And we need to keep that foremost in our minds. In this life, there are some definite sufferings. And individuals, you that are seated here tonight, Many of you have experienced sufferings and maybe right now are in the midst of it. And it it is not necessarily persecution, but bearing great burdens. As the songwriter said, it will be worth it all when we see Christ. There will be... As we continue to follow Jesus Christ, there will be misunderstandings. There will be false accusations. They will think we are, it has happened throughout history, that we are the scum of the earth. But it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. There is no suffering that can compare to the glory of the future. And if you read through the epistles, one of the things that was foremost on their mind was heaven. Not that they were living in a a sweet by-and-by, pie-in-the-sky type of thing and not living the reality here. It was they were living the reality here And the only way that they got through it was understanding the best is yet to come. And here we see a picture into heaven of these multitudes that were martyred during the tribulation period. And what are they doing? Sitting around telling stories of what they suffered? No, they are praising and exalting and honoring God because... The former things are passed away, and God has wiped away every tear from their eye. Amen. That day is coming. 
And in the midst of this darkness on the earth, the light still conquers. Isn't that exciting? I mean, to know (coughs) God's going to raise up 144,000 to go out and and, um, proclaim the gospel. One of the one of the most joyous, um, genuine joy, exuberant, authentic church services that I've ever been in was we had the privilege of attending in Kiev, Ukraine, a Messianic Jewish service. In fact, had the privilege to preach there. They, when they sang, I mean, they were singing, we found our Messiah. They, they were filled with joy. Can you imagine these 144,000, the Jews are still looking for their Messiah, not realizing he's already come. When the veil is lifted from their eyes and they see there is nothing that's going to stop them And the power of the gospel, even in the midst of those difficulties, multitudes will come to Christ. And it's because of the glory of heaven and fellowship with God far outweighs anything of this life. So our hearts ought to be encouraged. The best is yet to come. And don't lose heart about the burdens of this life. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, Jesus said. Be busy in this life representing Christ. But understand, the day of deliverance is coming. And we rejoice in that. Heavenly Father... We come before you tonight and thank you that you've told us enough that our hearts should be encouraged and strengthened. And yet, Lord, there are many things about the past, about the present, and about the future that we will not understand and cannot understand until we meet you. But Lord, help us to understand that in this world there will be trials, there will be tests, there will be tribulations. But Lord, help us to realize that you have overcome the world and that the day is coming when you will wipe away every tear That we will gather around your throne with praise and adoration for your mercy, for your love, for your kindness, for your justice, for your holiness, for your wisdom, for your power. And we will fill your courts with thanksgiving. Lord, until that day. I pray that we would be built up in our faith and strengthened for the glory of you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.